0: Hello and
1: welcome to Think About Eurovision, a podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK,
0: and me, Kim, a Eurovision newbie from Canada.
1: Today we're going to be discussing the 1988 Eurovision Song Contest. All the way from Dublin, Ireland.
0: I uh, I love that we're kind of like seeing a broad spectrum of years. In the past three weeks, we've gone from 2014 to 1957 and now to 1988. Um, somehow, though, I feel like the 1988 version aged less well than the 1957. But we'll get into that.
1: I'd completely agree with that. Um, yeah? I would go back and watch 1957. Over
0: 1988. Oh my god, Chris, I am like I'm so shocked. I was coming in. I was like, Chris is not gonna be happy with me this episode because I did not enjoy this one. And I thought that I was gonna be the odd man out, but it sounds like we agree this was not our favorite.
1: Yeah, um I I have opinions. Okay.
0: <laughs> but, this one's gonna be spicy, I think, Chris.
1: Indeed. First things first though, as we're in Ireland, I've got myself a treat open oh. my little fridge
0: what do you have a Guinness how did i know that's what you were going to pull out
1: had to be this is for my uh, burgeoning career as a Foley artist
0: as a Foley artist you're going to do like the sound effects you're like oh, yeah. walking to the fridge <laughs> nice sound effects um so and if that doesn't
1: a... work i'll just have to put it on in post <laughs>
0: On this very weird side note, I don't know if anyone has heard of these things called um, miracle berries. Um, have you heard of these?
1: I have, yes.
0: Yes. Okay, so I just did these for the first time. So for anyone who is not familiar, this is a, a natural berry that grows somewhere in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're and right. And there is there is a natural, like, sort of... Um, I don't know what, what the, what the ingredient is miraculin, I think it's called that's in the berry. And so it essentially coats your mouth with this uh, ingredient. And it makes everything that you taste after you've eaten the berry sweet. So they, of course, like made these into tablets, which is what I did. So the tablet melts on your tongue and then everything that you eat afterwards for like 45 minutes, it tastes really sweet. So we did that and we um, we uh, had a drink of Guinness uh, and it's supposed to taste like a milkshake, uh, but it didn't. It just tasted like (laughs) sweet Guinness, but
1: (laughs) I've got no problem with that.
0: Yeah, sweet Guinness tasted great. Uh, And then like if you eat a strawberry, it tastes like candy. And uh, if you eat cream cheese, it's supposed to taste like um, cheesecake. That was also a fail. It did just taste like cream cheese, but but it was fun. We had a whole like charcuterie board of random stuff that we ate. But Guinness, slightly sweeter, is delicious. FYI. Nice.
1: I wonder if it tastes like a Jamaican uh, Guinness punch.
0: I have never heard of that, but it sounds delightful.
1: Yeah, but it's called flavor tripping. Uh, having those Miracle Berry tablets. Really? Yeah.
0: I had no idea.
1: And you can have vinegar and it'll taste like sherry.
0: What? Okay, we didn't try vinegar, but let me tell you, it was a hell of a trip.
1: Well, there you go. This is an educational <laughs> podcast. I keep saying this.
0: <laughs> it's not just about Eurovision, guys. It's also about random crap that we, we happen to try or know about.
1: <laughs> but onto the matter at hand. The 1988 Eurovision Song Contest, Um, as I say, in Ireland. So we start with some shots of Ireland, including a Ryanair flight. And I just want to take this moment of this podcast to say, boo, hiss, boo, I hate Ryanair. They (laughs) messed us about with our refund with coronavirus. We had our flights to Germany cancelled because of travel restrictions. We asked for a refund. They sent us a travel voucher. We said, no, we don't want that. We want a refund. We're not travelling anywhere in the next 12 months. They still sent us a travel voucher.
0: You are not alone, my friend. The Canadian Airlines are no better. I also have a travel voucher that is essentially just straight garbage because i'm not gonna fly anywhere anytime soon the only place i will agree to fly is uh directly from halifax to newfoundland then nobody except atlantic canadians need to be on the flight that's the only circumstance that i'll be on it, only because we have an atlantic bubble that is being strictly enforced so
1: (laughs) i mean halifax newfoundland you can pretty much just jump that can't you no it's like a running jump it's really close
0: no, that is like, I mean, like in a car, that would take you like oh my god, I have to look it up. I mean, first of all, you would have to go by ferry. It it would be like 16 hours of
1: travel. Really? It looks so close on the map.
0: Um, no, Canada is not it it's not close. <laughs> Together. <laughs> it is not. I mean, like, to drive from one end of Canada to the other would take like five days, I'm pretty sure.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> um
0: in any case if like airlines they are garbage in yes. the age of coronavirus <laughs> it's
1: not been fun but anyway personal feelings about uh Ryanair and aside
0: <laughs> we're really going all over the place on this oh. one oh <laughs> well
1: we've got to find something interesting to talk about haven't we
0: <laughs> that's right it's not this episode of Eurovision I have to say so,
1: but we um, start the contest. After that, we got Johnny Logan, last year's winner. So not last year, as in 2019's winner, <laughs> the, the
0: 1987
1: winner. Um, Johnny Logan performing um, his winning song, Hold Me Now, on what was a massive looking futuristic stage.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong because you are definitely more informed and do better research than I do, Chris. Uh, but I had read somewhere, just in the comments, that this was the first year where um, the this this type of like um, stage with effects was being featured, and also the first year where uh, an electronic scoreboard or like that, virtual scoreboard was being
1: used. That's correct. Yes. So they really pushed the belt out on the tech. Yes. So, yeah, we've got can't it this say year to thank for that.
0: I can't say that their virtual scoreboard uh, did much for the entertainment value of watching <laughs> the, the results come in because that was painful as hell. But uh, but yeah, it was nice to see that the stage ha- at least had an element of sort of production value that was elevated from the 1957 version. Yeah, It, didn't, na- it no longer felt like it was a school recital.
1: Yeah, that is. It felt like... This is Eurovision. It did feel like Eurovision to me, because it is Eurovision. It sounds stupid saying it out loud.
0: It was sort of this weird in-between, which I suppose makes sense, given that it is almost exactly uh, halfway between 1957 and... The current, uh, (laughs) the current more modern Eurovisions, uh, but it did feel sort of halfway in between. Where we saw in the 2014 version, essentially, it was like people standing in crowds, they had this, like, you know, standing room only section up near the stage, like they do with lots of concerts. It was people with their faces painted with mustaches, like supporting France and whatever. Um, versus the school recital that we saw in 1957, this one was very in between in that it had an elevated level of production value but everyone was seated they were in tuxedos it felt very sort of prim and proper to me the lord mayor
1: was there oh really yeah the the um as the host of the show uh announced that he was in in the audience i can't imagine eurovision nowadays giving a shout out to local dignitaries
0: no it did fe- it felt quite hoity-toit to me a bit pretentious honestly and um like not not the fun sort of vibe that we get from the more modern Eurovisions at least you know the one that I have seen and um what I imagine it would look like today just based on having seen like the Eurovision movie and whatever like you know this was not my vibe
1: no um yeah because I I didn't take part in watching rewatching this one when Eurovision again did it. Um, uh, I forget what I was doing that evening, but I didn't take part. So this was the first time for me seeing this one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I knew Celine's song. Any good Eurovision fan knows Celine's song. <laughs> um, and I'm not surprised she won.
0: I am only surprised at how close a call it was between her and second place, which was the UK. I found quite surprising that that was another element that is no fault of Eurovisions. But another element that made my enjoyment somewhat less is because I did know who was going to win. And so I found it really fun to uh, sort of guess who was going to be the winner, to have the buildup of the points coming in and sort of seeing this nail biter. But um, knowing that Celine won, and honestly, in my opinion, it was a far, far and away, you know, uh, lead, uh, even if it wasn't in points, it was in my book. Um, yeah, it just kind of like that was an element that was missing for me too this time. So my total enjoyment level in watching this one was, uh, was, was just less.
1: Yes. So, so out of all of them, was Celine your favorite song?
0: Um, so Celine won for me uh, by a landslide, although what, what won it for me was Celine herself and not the song itself. Um, In terms of like, you know, the the song as a standalone, excluding her voice and her performance, it was not my favorite. I enjoyed both um, Ireland's and Denmark's songs more than I liked uh, Switzerland as a standalone but much like Conchita in 2014 you can't really separate the song from the performance and the singer and uh, even though Conchita's song was not my favorite um, it it still scored very highly for me simply because like you can't argue with that performance and you can't argue with that voice and that was the same here how did what was your top
1: Celine it was a Uh, there was three for me that sort of scored very similar towards the top but Celine just edged it mm-hmm. um I, I quite enjoyed her postcard of her pretending to look really interested in the manufacturing of potatoes
0: <laughs> i know it was such a classic Celine like face facial expression too they i know <laughs> they did this like a uh, uh, real close-up of her in okay. in I- like raid in her face yeah and she did this really over-exaggerated like uh
1: you know, hmm. facial
0: expressions yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, that's
1: a, that's a vocal equivalent of a hmm. <laughs> um
0: but but yeah i mean on that note just because i'm bouncing everywhere i, w- I may as well <laughs> say it here that ireland really took advantage of the fact that they were hosting to showcase uh their country and like in 2014 all of the postcards were the various countries showing a representative a representation of their own home country, and in this case, it was all Ireland all the time.
1: Oh yeah, um, I really do so... feel that Celine, Celine got the short straw.
0: Yeah, of like being on a tractor.
1: Yeah, come <laughs> to our farm. We'll show you some potatoes. All right. Thanks. <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: Uh, these other guys are going to the pub and having pints of Guinness, and I'm looking at some potatoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm looking like miming extreme interest. <laughs> um, so, Chris, you said that there were three that were uh, scored very similarly. So what were your other two top
1: contenders? So my other two top contenders, uh, second place, I gave to Portugal with a uh, Dora, with a uh, Volterai.
0: I also scored them very highly, but they did not score well in the overall.
1: No, they came 18th of 21.
0: Yeah, I definitely was, uh, you know, more middle of the pack uh, than you were, but but I enjoyed that song. And um, throughout their performance, I was like, this sounds so familiar to me. Like, why do I know this tune? And um, it was (laughs) this is random. But do you know the Joe Cocker version of A Little Help From My Friends?
1: I don't no.
0: Okay, listen to the opening, uh, like the very opening notes of that song. It was like, bear, 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 bear. Du, du, du. you guys, I did that for you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like it was very, uh, similar. So I don't know if it was like a no level of nostalgia or what, but like I was, I was really liking this this song from Portugal.
1: She came through with those big vocals. Oh yeah. That's what did it for me. I was like, yes. Yeah. After a yeah. lot of kind of uh synth pop and sentimental ballads. I was yeah. Like, yes. This is what wants a bit of power.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought that she did uh, a great job. I did um I think that some of the synth pop stuff was actually some of my favorite, but oh, yeah. I did like hers,
1: yeah. My third place went to Israel, uh Yordina Arazi with ben Adam. I really like that one, a bit klezmer style. Um,
0: yeah, I I liked that one also.
1: Yeah, I mean she um uh, she is actually quite uh superstitious. Um, before she agreed to perform in Eurovision, um, she uh sought out the services of a fortune teller who said the song that plays in ninth is going to win Eurovision. Now, at the time, because before she was um confirmed the song, the running order was actually already drawn, because this is the days when they drew it by a lottery basically. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the ninth song.
0: <gasps> and they so she agreed.
1: It. They didn't switch it. No. Uh, Cyprus had to drop out.
0: <gasps>
1: because the song that they sent, they'd also tried for Eurovision before with that same song in 1984.
0: And you're not allowed. No. So was Switzerland the ninth song?
1: Switzerland was the ninth song.
0: Come on. I mean, okay, like, I love this story. It's like, it does not. Um... It it's not it's not going past me that like last episode we absolutely shit on psychics and now they're, <laughs> and now they're like garbage and there's no way any of it's true and now we're like get this crazy story that like this cycle this psychic totally called it but still I love it this is yeah. a good
1: story it's it's a great story and I'm gonna pretend it's true
0: yeah I mean like I don't know if uh, if if I believe that that kind of prediction can be true but like I love i love this the the thought of it
1: yeah but yeah i mean that was my third place song it was just a good one it got faster in that style that klezmer style it was felt like a good song for a party
0: yeah i really liked that one also i scored it in my top 10 uh i didn't score it quite quite as high as you did um but uh, I did sc- score it higher than the actual results. So it came in eighth. I scored it as uh, seventh. So so I really like that one also. Also, uh, interestingly, so out of the actual results um, and my own ranking, uh, seven out of the top 10 uh, are are not aligned. But in my top 10 are seven of their top 10. So this was the most in line with the actual results that my own ranking has been.
1: Mine was all over the shop. Was it? (laughs) Yeah. I think I've got two that are in line with um, what they actually scored it. Uh, Yeah, so obviously Celine, And also um, the Swedish entry, uh, Tommy Korburg with Stadius, uh, City of Lights. Uh, I gave that 12th place.
0: Yeah, that one I did not rank quite as high. I gave it uh, 14th um but not too far off i did have uh two that were in line as well they were also celine switzerland and number one and denmark at number three was also my number three
1: where did i give denmark
0: uh
1: denmark i put them my place is 14th i didn't like it
0: oh wow we really like had a departure on that one
1: yeah it wasn't for me
0: um my number two was ireland where did you put ireland
1: um fifteenth. <laughs> <laughs> i really didn't like it
0: we just i mean we just don't have the same taste in all things and that no. is good if for our for our, for discussion purposes it's good to not be 100 percent aligned for me so, it but, felt
1: like um poundland uh bohemian rhapsody because it felt like it was like three songs at once ireland yeah it felt were like
0: we're it we felt listening like listening to the same song
1: yeah, it just felt like there's more multiple songs happening at once. They just didn't do it for me.
0: Well, fair enough. Okay, now here's a good question. So um, the UK came in within one point of uh, Switzerland, the winner. I had the UK at number six. Where did you have it?
1: Uh, tenth.
0: Okay, so neither of us, I mean, both in the top ten, but neither of us put it nearly as close to winning as the actual results did.
1: No, and it's like um, the UK in the 1957 Eurovision, when we had rock and roll artists in the charts. Mm. In 1988, we could have sent, like, a glam rock band. We could have really shook things up. Right. And we send soft rock.
0: I know, he had a real Michael Bolton vibe to me. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a bit... That is the softest of uh... of soft rock. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, uh, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds? Yeah. He sounded like he wouldn't sound out of place in that. Now, I love Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, but they could have done something so much more interesting for Eurovision.
0: Right. Although they came very close to winning. So, I mean, like, our opinion clearly differs uh, quite a bit from from the actual voting results, because although it wasn't our favourite, like, he was a whisper away from taking... From taking the lead. So one point. One One point. single point. I know. Can you imagine? Um, so let's talk about your least favorites. What did you score lowest?
1: My two lowest, both in German. Um, now, the one that came last with no points in the actual contest, I gave, I put that above the other one. So Austria uh, with Wilfried, Wilfried with Lisa Mona Lisa, I put 20th.
0: I also, wrote, I also ranked that 20th.
1: Because I really, really cannot stand the German song, uh, Lied für einen Freund. Uh, that was a terrible pronunciation. Um, Lied für einen Freund. I hated it.
0: Is that the mother-daughter?
1: Yeah, it was okay. schmaltzy. Ugh.
0: So I wanted to... So first, I only heard a very short clip of that because every... Um, uh, every version of the 1988 contest on YouTube had it muted. Oh. It was copyrighted or something. So I found multiple versions of the um, the full broadcast. Uh, the one that you sent me, Chris, which I assume is the one that you watched, uh, that one came up as copyrighted and not available in Canada. So I couldn't oh. watch that version. So I found two other versions on YouTube that had the entire you know, three hour contest, and both of those had only that one song muted. And at first, I thought that it was a technical difficulty. But after I found it multiple times that every single sound of the contest was uh, without fault, except for that one song. So it must have been copyright protected. So I was I was only able to find a very short clip of it, so I only heard a very small portion of their performance, but based on that, I actually scored them quite good. I had them at number nine.
1: Really? I I wish I had your problem, because I would be quite happy to have not heard (laughs) that.
0: I actually put as my bottom one Belgium. It was, uh, 20th was uh, Austria for me, 21st was Belgium, and, um... Belgium also scored quite low in the actual result at 18 out of 21. And then Austria, as you mentioned, was the lowest at 21.
1: See, I quite like the Belgium song, but I know exactly what it was that I liked about it. It was that classic New Romantic, aye sound.
0: Really? Okay. I'll have to go back and listen to that. But it's funny that you say that because there were also a number of songs that it had just like one... Short clip that kind of did it for me. Like Greece, when it with their hahas, I really oh, liked them. Yeah, I really that, liked that was those. up there for
1: me. That was a great one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like the whole song was kind of like, it was okay, but then the hahas just put it over the top for me. It was just those, you know, fun like beats that add a little je ne sais quoi.
1: Yeah, it made it a bit musical theater, and that's a way to my heart.
0: Is it? (laughs) Yeah. I think I do know this about you now. Um, So, okay. So performances aside, let's talk a little bit about the production of the show itself. So we already touched a little bit on the fact that, like, the postcards were very uh, Ireland heavy. I can see why they would do that. I mean, like, it would be a great way to showcase your country for tourism, etc., Um, I found the hosts, the male host in particular, intensely unlikable. He was shady. He was shady as
1: hell. (laughs) Yeah. And there were, you could tell he was a professional and an old pro at doing presentation, presenting TV programs. Yeah. So there wasn't the stiltedness, but yeah, some of the things he said, it's like, uh, I forget what he kept dragging up something from the past and I can't remember what it was.
0: So there was one moment where he said, I think it must have been Norway. Oh, God, I feel like... He was talking about like the Vikings, the that was it. Yes, he was like, they they uh, didn't pillage a single monastery on their way here. Oh,
1: God! What is his problem with Vikings?
0: I mean, like, I kind of get it. Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> the history's not great, but I mean, is this the time and place? I mean, clearly these particular individuals (laughs) didn't pillage villages so um and then but then like beyond that so the very first act from iceland they were called like uh, beethoven or something like that it was very similar to beethoven but not quite Yes, beethoven beethoven right and so he said that he was like it's beethoven not beethoven who i assume is rolling over right now i was like oh the, the shade was that like was that a dig on their performance?
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a bad song.
0: I mean, it was a bad song.
1: I mean, I do like that, the fact they gave a shout out to a former World's Strongest Man, uh, Jan Paul Sigmarsson.
0: <laughs> I would never, I would never have caught that detail.
1: Well, for me and Sarah, we always watch World's Strongest Man at Christmas. It's a tradition we have.
0: Okay. We, had,
1: we both had it separately before we met, and now every Christmas we watch World's Strongest Man.
0: I mean, if that doesn't make you believe in fate, I don't know what does. The fact that you each independently had this tradition.
1: <laughs> it, there's so many weird things about me and Sarah. So um, before we met, she lived out in Kuwait in the Middle East. And you remember, okay. do you remember Pinterest? Everyone was obsessing with it for a while. Yes. I posted a recipe on Pinterest that I'd seen that I was going to try someday for mini Oreo cup uh, cheesecake cupcakes. Well,
0: that sounds and delicious.
1: All, all the way over in Kuwait. Sarah had liked that post on my Pinterest page mm. before we met.
0: Come on.
1: Yeah, there's some really weird stuff with me and Sarah like that. Faded. Exactly. The stars
0: have aligned. Um, Yeah, so, well, uh, Iceland, not my favorite song. A shout out to the world's strongest man.
1: It was a bit yah ya ding dong, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: That is what I have in my notes. Thank you. Uh, this is what I have is that, like, this song made me understand why Yaya Ding Dong was a believable Eurovision song in the movie. Because I get it now.
1: It really had that same style and vibe. Yeah. Utter garbage.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so like, um, delightfully surprised at how in line we are with our take. Even though the individual songs we are not on the same page with, our tastes differ, but like, we can see a garbage show
1: when we know it.
0: And we can recognize a Ya Ya Ding Dong song <laughs> when we see it too.
1: Other interesting songs, um, there was the, I, I quite like MFO, uh, the Turkish Act.
0: Oh, I had them very highly ranked
1: as yeah, well. Yeah, they were four for me, um. That just really vibed with me. And again, it was fun. They looked yes. like they were enjoying themselves. They weren't just Poe faced singing a heartfelt ballad. They were enjoying themselves. They were having a time of their lives.
0: I agree. And uh, so I had them ranked at number seven. And I think that your comment about like their level of enjoyment and whatever, like that is really important because there were no props used in this year. No. So um, there were decorative costumes. There was the use of some choreography um, just in terms of the uh, backup singers and stuff, but not even much in the way of, you know, dancers there, uh, independent of the mus- the singers themselves. It's really just the singers performing and the musicians because they were playing their own mu- um, instruments in this one, I believe.
1: Yes. I mean, there was one sort of use of props, I would say. And that was the well, uh, I mean- Danish act with the sort of fake electric guitars. That was one at the end was thrown out and hilariously hit the conductor. <laughs> hit
0: the conductor. Yes, that's true. Yeah,
1: where you could see the stagehand hold pass- passing it to him before the camera cut to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the special effects were not uh, sophisticated <laughs> at the time but no. yeah i mean i feel like that's a pretty light use of a use of of props um like not really, even a baker
1: like telephone
0: no exactly it was really the performances themselves that had to sell it um without any of the kind of like added gravy of props and dancers and so um yeah you're right i think that turkey did a great job of of you know kind of showing us how happy they were to be there they put on a great performance they did look like they were having fun some of the other ones spain for instance i did not love
1: (laughs) for the listener i'm covering my face because i've got secondhand embarrassment that was so bad i mean it wasn't the worst but it was really cringe
0: it was cringe. And like on top of not liking the song and not liking the performance, like the outfits were just crazy and like and not in a likable way, in my opinion. He was wearing like a green sequined matador yeah. outfit, uh, which I just thought that was. They looked I don't very know. Spanish.
1: They did look very Spanish. Did they? I think so, yeah.
0: I don't I mean, I guess I just didn't love the outfits. Like the girls were wearing very I mean, this is just This is just the age of the show showing, I think. But it was like a very 80s um, look.
1: Yeah, there was was like
0: It was like if they were, I don't know, if they were at the mall in the 80s, but like going to a formal event afterwards. I don't know. Like it was bad. I didn't like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the song, I mean, I had a look what the lyrics for that song is. So it's called... um... I'm not going to try to pronounce it in Spanish, but um, it's called The Made in Spain or The Girl That I Love Will Be Made in Spain. So they sing Made in Spain, The Best Guarantee. And they also sing about that compared to Spanish girls, all the other girls seem so cold. Yeah. Rubbish. Eye roll.
0: Yeah, I did not like it. They actually were 19th out of 21 for me. So they scored very, very low in my book. 17th for me. so so so, yeah we're aligned there yeah like middle of the pack for me was a bunch of the sort of like ballady type stuff sweden was middle of the pack for me norway luxembourg france all all sort of like sitting in the middle um i didn't actively dislike them but they didn't they didn't hit the tops for me
1: no i mean a norwegian song i mean i think that would i think performed in english uh that would be a good song now obviously rules mean it can't be because mm-hmm. it's actually um like a Greta Thunberg song before Greta Thunberg was even born because it's an environmentally friendly anthem so singing I about didn't know that. yeah it's about um sort of looking after the uh, earth better so that's a modern message within that song from the 80s
0: yeah absolutely because back that then not... people weren't like that no so true um so ahead of its time in that way i did notice too that like their almost every performance was performed in uh native language of the of the country which is yes. not something that we saw in 2014 they were for the most part performed in english
1: yeah this is the one we had the native language rule so it had to be one of your country's official languages
0: oh okay so yeah well, that so that's that. <laughs> why you have like
1: um four songs in french so you got switzerland singing in french Uh, Belgium singing in French, Luxembourg singing in French, and France, obviously, singing in French. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, is the main language spoken by most countries in Eurovision as an official language, I think. or At least Mm. back then it was. Sure. Uh, But now they can't sing in English, because it was seen at one point that songs in English had an unfair advantage. Mm. So that's when they brought in the rule to be sung in a native language.
0: Oh, so this was not a rule from the beginning that has since been um, like revoked. This was a new rule that was imposed.
1: I'm not sure on the details. I, n- okay. I think, it, not sure, I'd have to check and probably come back to that one.
0: Sure. Either way, it was, uh, it was sort of a you know, nice change to see everyone performing in their own native language. Although as someone who speaks only English and a very little bit of French, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand much of what was being said, though we have established that I have a hard time picking up on lyrics anyway. So like, <laughs> I feel like I, I missed, you know, not much more than I would anyway. <laughs> So it had to be a language, um, a native language spoken. But interestingly, as we know from Celine Dion, it did not have to be a performer from that country. No. Um, and Celine Dion, I just read a very like small... Um, you know, comment from her that where she had said that they she was, like, contacted pretty much out of the blue and asked, would, do you want to represent Switzerland in Eurovision? And she was like, I don't know what's happening here. So, like, that's, that is interesting.
1: Yeah, and actually, she's not the only Canadian in this contest.
0: Oh, who else is Canadian? The
1: Luxembourgish contestant is now a Canadian citizen and lives in Montreal.
0: Oh, really? But she was not at the time?
1: I don't believe she was at the time, but now she's a Canadian citizen, so... Two Canadians on the show.
0: We'll have to see if she's performing in Montreal somewhere. The Eurovision fanatics can go and uh, get a little taste of the 1988 Eurovision. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so I thought you'd appreciate that fact.
0: Yes. Um, anything else about the, the 1988 Eurovision contest that stands out? Oh, can we touch a little bit more on the voting?
1: Yes, Go ahead.
0: Um, well, I was just going to say, I, I, like, I'm not going to lie, I fast forwarded through a lot of it because it was painful. Thank God they are only doing the 8, 10 and 12 points now. And every like 1 through 7 is just is just showing up on the board because, yeah. my God, that was so
1: hard to sit through. In fact, if I remember rightly, I mean, it's been over a year since I watched last year's Eurovision now. I got a feeling that we now only announced the 12 points because they've got to make room for the um where they split the vote now because now we've got the jury vote and the televote separate. Oh. So I think if I remember rightly if they just announced twelve points. They so they do like um one through to ten. Go mm-hmm. up on the boards automatically. And then okay. the reps just announced twelve points.
0: Well I mean, I'm not I'm not going to be mad at that because like that is like my least favorite part of sitting through this one. I did not mind in 2014 when they did eight, ten, and twelve. Yeah, but this one I found painful. Not only because they announced every single point, but because they announced it twice. Oh yeah, you yes. could hear the countries giving their own points, and then the host repeated every single one. It was just like not not a good decision in terms of like whoever directed or produced. Yeah, this and year, Israel so. messed, it
1: up, messed it up massively as well. Really? Yeah, because they so. were given one of their, uh, when they awarded one of their points, I think it's to a country who hadn't scored yet, but there was a big cheer in a room. And they just carried on rattling along. And the hosts were like, no, stop. And then he announced the next one. was like, no, stop. He announced the next one. It's like, please, shut up. <laughs> Listen <gasps> oh, to us. No. We need to go- backtrack to, like, your four points. Then they got it back on track
0: oh well i definitely fast forwarded through that
1: (laughs) you didn't miss much Um, no
0: i I, I don't
1: get is um the final song yugoslavia's song um uh mangoop by silver wings Mm. that was a bad 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 song
0: and it did really well i ranked it highly (laughs) really I have them at number 10 out of my own rankings. They scored number, they scored sixth, so I didn't rank them that high. But for me, I just found that song a lot more fun and enjoyable than Norway, for instance, which was this sort of like ballady, I mean, a ballad without giving me chills, I just find boring and not interesting. And I didn't get chills from that one. So, I mean, so Yugoslavia had it for me.
1: Fair enough. Um, no, I did nothing for me. <laughs> what One thing I did notice this contest is if you did a drinking game where you drunk every time someone came out with a mullet, you no, yeah. would be hammered.
0: <laughs> hammered. You're right. You are absolutely right about that. So um, many and, mullets. I mean, like the fashions in general were like pretty hilarious to to see. Oh, I loved... <laughs> I loved when they did that intermission song, whoever that guy was who did like the five minute song.
1: Oh, Hot um, House Flowers.
0: Hot House Flowers. Yeah. So I loved when they came back from that and the hosts had changed outfits. And the female host had this, like, crazy updo. <laughs> it was so surprising to me. Like, <laughs> she just... I mean, like, how did they whip that up in five minutes? It was hilarious. What uh, I didn't like is 80s. that...
1: Hot House Flowers' song, Don't Go, was better than anything that came before it in the show. It
0: absolutely was, yes.
1: You shouldn't send an interval like act that has a better song than your performers.
0: Yeah, I uh, I did enjoy that one more than more than the rest. It was weird though. He started off on a piano live, and then we went to essentially a music video. Like, what yeah. was that about?
1: So that was them sort of showing the unification of West Europe. Uh, it was before you know they hadn't got past us um, into like the Soviet countries. Or the not what now the former Soviet countries. So it was um, the most expensive music video ever produced in Ireland. So it was um. 11 different countries around Europe. And it was basically saying, look how united Europe is.
0: But oh. only West Europe. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. I mean, I do remember the host saying now, it was actually difficult because, like, I, I was having some technical difficulties. The version that I was finally able to watch, it was the uh, German uh, commentary version. Ah. So um, as the hosts were speaking in English, the, uh, there was a German commentator who was speaking over top of them. So I had to try to t- tune that out and only listen to the English speaking. Um, so I missed some of it. But I do remember him saying now something about how this is like what the future will look like in 1992 or something like that, when all of like the, you know, I don't know, the strife in Europe is behind us.
1: Yeah. Um... Okay. yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say is um, I was looking at my notes and I actually put um, and now the pain of all the points being awarded. Kill me now.
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Highlighted in yellow, I see. Yeah. Yeah,
1: brutal. It is painful and I'm so glad we don't do that anymore.
0: You know what, though? One thing that I was happy to see about um, this year's Eurovision versus 2014, they didn't have any Awkward interactions between the hosts and the contestants.
1: (laughs) Yep, because it's all over the telephone, so there's no. Trying to hammy up for the TV audience.
0: Yes, not only the um, the judges, uh, as you said, aren't like singing when they come on screen, but also the like the intermission of like the hosts trying to feed people cake. And like, do you remember like oh. the, the secondhand <laughs> embarrassment, cringy stuff that I just like can't stand. There was like no interaction between between the hosts and the contestants at all. Yeah. Um, which I appreciated. Although I do feel like there was some awkwardness at the end when they were presenting Celine Dion and the two composers uh, with the with the whatever it was, a trophy. Yeah, because like, they, they had the trophy and they had
1: those little medals that Johnny Logan was also giving them or something like a coin or I forgot what it was. It was like handing out something else. I was like, what, yeah. you didn't plan for this?
0: I don't know. It, yeah, it was weird. So like in the host, I, like it's ironic because I don't know the host's name and yet I'm criticizing him for this. But um, when he was saying like Celine Dion and he named the female composer by name and then he said, and this is the man who did the music and didn't, did he did he like forget his name or something? I, um, I think he
1: might have been struggling because he was a Turkish, um, Swiss nation- Turkish um, born, but he's now a Swiss, Swiss national Oh, so he I... like
0: rather than butcher the name, he just didn't say it. Yeah.
1: Name. And this fella.
0: <laughs> also this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then when the um when what was the last year's winner's name? Johnny.
1: Johnny Logan. Mr. So Johnny... Eurovision.
0: He, Mr. Eurovision. Mr. Eurovision, because he's won twice. Well, he presented that uh trophy to the composer, and the composer tried to give it to Celine Dion, and then like he gave it back to the composer and um you know you couldn't hear what he was saying but you could read his lips that he was saying you wrote it like you know here take it and the composer was trying to like give it to Celine. i don't know it was just like it was awkward this is why live live television is uh hard for me to watch because i get like really overly uh like tuned in to every single social interaction like okay total side note but you and I, we have established you're both big fans of Saturday Night Live. Yep. I have a real, like, I have an anxiety level on behalf of the host. At the end, when they all hug after they say their thank yous, that I am so anxious that I was like, I, I hope... I hope that people hug them. Like, I hope they don't just stand awkwardly on live television because that happens sometimes. Right. It's like everyone is hugging each other and saying great show. And then there are inevitably one or two people who are awkwardly just standing by themselves with no hugs.
1: Oh, somebody hug me. I have friends. Exactly.
0: exactly. This is like, this is a true anxiety level that I feel. That is what it's like for me to watch live television all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, thankfully now when they give the award out at the end, it's always a person who performs a song who takes the um what is now a standardized uh glass microphone trophy. Cause this is back in a day when the host country would design a an award or trophy.
0: Oh, and yeah. This so was, is why there was these medals.
1: Yeah, so back then it was weird things. So um <laughs> the nineteen ninety eight Eurovision it's like some really naff looking uh, like vase or bowl, if I remember rightly. Weird. Yeah. But at least now it's a, a glittering glass microphone trophy.
0: That's, that feels appropriate.
1: Yeah. It's a singing contest. Give them a microphone trophy.
0: <laughs> That's right. And make it sparkle. That's all yeah. we need. I, all I mean, I need. say
1: glass, I think technically it's crystal, isn't it? When it's something like shimmery mm. and made out of glass. Yeah. I don't know I'm, much about arts and crafts.
0: I mean, me either. I'm going with it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like that is uh, that is it in the books. 1988, not a great year in Eurovision, in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, not going to be one of my favorites that so I'm going to revisit very often. With the exception of a few songs, which were brilliant. So, you know, Celine, <laughs> uh, Dora from Portugal, uh, Israel's song, and the Turkish song MFO. I think those were the top four for me that I will quite happily pop in a playlist and listen to again.
0: Well, I can say that I will probably never listen to a single one of these songs ever again. (laughs) Um, But I mean, like, even the bad, the bad episodes, like the bad years are fun to discuss, um, because if it was nothing but we love everything about this every single time, it wouldn't make for as much interesting conversation. So no, there you go.
1: But some good news. Next time, we're going to one of my favourite Eurovisions ever. It's the Eurovision that, as I say, I've been watching since uh, the late 90s, early, m- mid to late 90s. I've been watching every year. But this is the one where it kind of clicked for me and I became, rather than a casual watcher of Eurovision, I became a fan of Eurovision. And that's in 2012 Eurovision Song Contest. Yay!
0: Okay, okay, I'm very excited. You've hyped it. I am like, I'm ready for this one. And I do not know who the winner is. Honestly, the only year where I knew who the winner was was 1988. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so I am going to like go into this uh, with like no uh, preconceptions, other than this is going to be a banger.
1: Yeah. I, like I say, it's it's a year where it kind of I went, oh yeah this is a thing i love
0: yay okay i'm really excited for that one
1: so that's that conversation over now before we um talk about some drag queen stuff after the music have you heard the eurovision related news
0: well i can only assume that you are referring to the article that you sent me so uh so yes Because you sent it to me, but I will let you give all the details.
1: The American Song Contest.
0: Come on!
1: (laughs) So there's a lot of... I think it could be a good thing. And I want it to be a good thing. Because, I mean, I think it should be called the US Song Contest or something like that. Because it's not the Americas. It's literally USA. Right. So I think they could tweak the name of it. Because it's resulted in some people saying... But it's not America. It's just USA. And I kind of get that. But then there's been a lot of snobbery being like, what part of Eurovision don't they understand? It's like, well, firstly, it's inspired by Eurovision Song Contest. Right. It's organized by people behind Eurovision Song Contest. They can do this if they want. America's not stealing the idea. It's organized by the people from the EBU. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, it would be it would be a different story if they simply took the entire idea. It had no involvement with the current producers of the Eurovision song contest and they just like claimed it was their own right that would be that would be a little bit different but this is ultimately you could view this as a good thing this is Eurovision expanding yeah. to you know like to other areas which we have established the US and Canada for that matter has very little uh concept of the contest so so yeah
1: yeah and like Eurovision um helped bring together sort of war torn Europe you know, there was a lot of division in Europe when it began, mm. and now once a year, all—not well, all, but most European nations—all come together for a celebration of music. And you, you—I don't think anyone would argue that the U.S. is a torn country at the moment.
0: Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, like, I really kind of feel like it would be—it <laughs> would have been nice, maybe. Maybe so, maybe not. So maybe an argument could be made that if uh, the U.S. were to, uh, you know, to join in uh, a song contest with other countries, it wouldn't be able to be called Eurovision, maybe in that case. But, you know, maybe that would have been something to sort of like bring various nations together, including the U.S. I don't know. But, I mean, in this, I, I kind of feel like now it will be U.S. states pitted against each other. And so it will be a level of... I don't know. I don't know. Like, will it bring them together, or will it, or will it just pit pit them all against each other in in a way that will cause more division? I don't know. It remains to be seen.
1: I, I mean, a low key hope that Tennessee send Dolly Parton.
0: <laughs> Maybe they will all send their like absolute biggest, you know, like actual.
1: Because yeah. we we don't know how we're gonna names. play it, right. So it, could... i think
0: they have to make it amateurs it is not going to be like i don't think it would be the same type of contest if it was going to be like miley cyrus versus lady <laughs> gaga versus dolly parton versus you know
1: yeah but i would like to see dolly parton well, uh,
0: yeah I mean, I mean like don't get me wrong i would watch that show
1: but... <laughs> i think it's no way that we're going to split it into like um five heats of like 10 songs each so they're really dragging it out, but I guess that's for American TV formats. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, um weird but I I've read that apparently like event TV doesn't work in America as much as it does elsewhere. So whereas over, you know, here in Europe, people come together for like, you know, four hours on a Saturday evening to watch Eurovision Final.
0: Yeah. Well, I suppose they can't have like you know, they can't have fifty. Uh no. <laughs> in all all in you know one one sitting, so I guess no. that makes sense,
1: yeah, but I mean, to be fair, I hope it does well,
0: yeah, I'm not mad at it um i I would probably watch it to be honest. The only thing is that like I don't know, it kind of felt like <laughs> that there was this it i don't know there was this like you know fun, uh amazing like long standing uh song contest that I had known nothing about and I'm only just starting I felt like an insider who had discovered something um you know like on this side of the pond that like <laughs> I was a member of an exclusive club <laughs> and now and now it's being blown wide open and everybody's gonna know the secret.
1: But you can then say, Yeah, I liked it before you guys you know, <laughs> we've got mainstream, I was into it already.
0: That's so true. And be like, oh I got here first <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god <laughs> I, it's only uh what sixty, six, seventy 60 70 years befi- behind everyone in europe but still like i was months yeah. ahead of <laughs> north americans
1: well yeah i mean i think it'll be interesting to see what we do with it
0: yeah i will check it out for sure i don't yeah. know that i believe they'd be able to capture the like i don't know the
1: lightning in a bottle
0: that lightning in a bottle that is eurovision but like they could try
1: yeah best of luck to him yes so next time we're going to be discussing the 2012 eurovision song contest if you've enjoyed this podcast uh, please recommend it to your friends uh, give us a review on itunes make sure you subscribe basically just take your friend's phone off them and go to their podcast app and just subscribe <laughs> us to their phone
0: yes please
1: Stick with us and we'll be talking about some drag queen content, I think after the break. I'm
0: ready. Okay. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Bye. Right. So Canada's drag race, we've only got one episode to discuss because of the time we're recording, and, what were your initial thoughts on that one?
0: So um, I thought it was a good episode. I enjoyed the challenge. I was not surprised by who went home, um, but I have some thoughts uh, beyond sort of like the contest itself.
1: Um, but overall, a
0: good uh, a good episode. I enjoyed it. How about you?
1: Um, yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, I, I believe they said it was the first pageant in drag race herstory but i'm sure yes. there's been other ones
0: well they said that several times they always have like a ball They you know they have um a ball where they do multiple outfit changes but i don't know that they've ever done a pageant with a talent competition and stuff no like that. i've never seen one
1: i just felt like they've done it before i wasn't it sure it did
0: feel like it was surprising that that would be the first it feels like an obvious uh win
1: yeah it was a bit, I was a bit. a bit gutted that Stasi wasn't there because she is a pageant queen. I would love to see what she could have done.
0: I don't remember who Stasi is.
1: Anastasia Anakwe. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I d- I forgot that that was uh, her shortened the shortened version of her
1: name. <laughs> so you, you you sort of put me under pressure again. Right, I remember it was Stasi. What's her full name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, yeah, she unfortunately didn't make it to uh, to this one. Although, uh, this pageant is not what I envisioned. Like, when they say she's a pageant queen, yeah. this was like pageant in a very campy character way, which for me, I found more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. But the runway looks at the end were very much pageant queen, where uh, where Starzy might have yeah. uh, done very well being a pageant queen.
1: But she could have surprised us all, and because she was from that scene, she might be able to make those gags land. Yeah, maybe. She'd like, oh, I know this girl.
0: (laughs) So what did you think of, uh, you know, the various performances in the pageant?
1: Um, I mean, for the pageant, Jimbo killed it. Yes. As you know, I'm a big Jimbo fan. Um, I can barely say a bad word about uh, Jimbo's looks. That said, it wasn't his best on the runway at the end.
0: No, it wasn't his best, but even more so than um, the look at the end where I didn't love the dress i didn't love i mean jimbo has always been a little bit hit or miss in the looks for me in the runway looks uh i like it when she does uh, a real sort of like weirdo take like the denim one yeah um but there are instances like this one where there's specific direction and um, i don't feel like she hit the nail on the head
1: on the, the plus more- side it gave great tv
0: Yes, it did. But I do. I think that where Jimbo needs to really improve and where I'm really kind of finding myself not scanning her as much is her attitude. Like she needs to learn how to take criticism. And that whole interaction between her and Rita Vega in, you know, um, b- backstage, I thought it was a bad look on her. I did oh, yeah. not. I didn't like it at all. I mean, even if you don't agree with the criticism, that happens sometimes. But You smile and agree... not
1: say thank you for it.
0: Exactly. Agree or not, they are the ones making the decision. So we have not agreed with the judges in multiple, you know, occasions. And that does happen. But it do- it isn't a good look when, you know, you are like pout over it. And then beyond that, when Rita asked her, could I speak freely? And you said, yes, please. I'm looking for... I'm looking for a third par- party perspective. And then she just went in on her in a really kind of like mean way. I didn't, it, I didn't like it. It actually made me not, not love Jimbo nearly as
1: much. No, I mean, I would agree with her on uh, Rita's wig. It was not a great wig.
0: It wasn't. You're right. <laughs> but I mean, that's fair. But like, man, she went in.
1: But the important thing to note is that they are friends and they've both tweeted, you know, they get on really well. They're over it. That's this good. was filmed a year ago. They've had time yeah. to get over it, so it's just the public watching it now.
0: I mean, that's good. I, I can only imagine that the heat of the moment and the pressure that you're under, and especially if, if she was really proud of the look and she was torn down, I can see how that would be very frustrating. But I think that she could have handled that all with a lot more grace.
1: Yeah, I think the problem was it they were looking for something that actually was glamorous, not something that was a pastiche of um, pageant looks.
0: Exactly. And she said up front that there was a little bit of clown thrown into this. And I think that that is where her comfort zone is. She enjoys being the clown. She said that outright. But what they asked for was for for glamour, period. And some of the other queens, they have, you know, the queens who don't do comedy have had to do comedy, even though it's not in their comfort zone. And so a comedy queen who doesn't do glamour is going to have to do glamour. That's You know, that's the competition.
1: Yeah. But I think it's just a blip for Jimbo on this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. Honestly, all of that to say that, um, you know, I didn't love the way that she handled those moments, but I still think that she performed uh, very, very well in the pageant. She was one of my favorite. Um, Lemon also, you know, was one of my favorite in the pageant. And then I think that she blew it away on the runway. So I was not surprised at all that she was the winner. I was very, she was the winner in my books also. Yeah
1: um no i i agree with you um at first i didn't get lemon's look on the runway i was like
0: hmm. oh that was but then, toddlers but and then he did say
1: they didn't yes. specify what type of pageant i was like oh yeah
0: oh i got it immediately and i thought that it was so fun have you ever seen an episode of toddlers and tiaras
1: thankfully not
0: oh my god let me just tell you okay like it's not like i watch it on the regular and stuff don't judge but let me just tell you that this was Bang on. This was a child pageant goer from that show, like per- per- to a T. Perfect. Um, and I, you know, I really enjoyed that she went that that direction instead of what everyone else was doing. Um, you know, which was the more, you know, Jimbo accepted, but the yeah. more traditional pageant glamour. Um, so this was, you know, glamorous, but also fun in uh in a way where she took the exact direction um and just gave it a little bit of a turn on its
1: head yeah um yeah i i see it uh, i didn't see it at first but i do on reflection i'm like yeah i get what she did there i generally thought she's going to get red for like having sh- small heels
0: oh because she was wearing tap shoes yeah yeah
1: i thought yeah. she might get red for that
0: but a bit, but she incorporated them so well into her run- runway performance. Like she she did tap. Like yeah. it was. I mean, I think that had she just worn them, period, without it being a performance, you know, choice, then she would have gotten red for it. That's fair. Um, I actually thought that there was a very real chance that um that Bobo was going to win. And not because I thought she was the deserving winner, but because I thought they were editing it in a way that it was like, you know, Bobo hasn't won any yet and she, like, is the only one who hasn't won and whatever. I thought that they were going to, like, essentially uh, hand her the win because it would make for a good story. But I'm really glad that they didn't.
1: She's my prediction to go home next week because it reminds me of Jan on the last series of Drag Race. You know, when he did the... um, was it the Madonna Rousical episode? Mm. And she was like, i have going to win. I've got this in the bag. And then that kind of look of, huh, when yeah. she didn't win. Which, I mean, she was robbed on that. Jan was robbed. I know. But um, I,
0: I, think, I think it's going to be Priyanka. Priyanka next week. Yes. Priyanka, I think, has shown that, like, she is one of the most likable queens, in my opinion. I enjoy her. I enjoy her, uh, like like talking heads, whatever that's called, you know what I mean? Like um, her commentary. I just I really enjoy her as a person. But I think that after two pretty bad weeks, uh, you know, I think that it's getting to be close to her time. So she has had to lip sync twice now. Yep. Bobo has never been in the bottom. That's true. Um, so I do think, I think that it's going to be, Priyanka cannot be in the bottom a single other time and make nope. it through. She's going to Third time
1: be... you're in the lip sync, unless the other person does a Charlie hides. Yeah. And gives up. You're going.
0: You're going. Exactly. So, um... So that's that is my prediction. But I think that um, Lemon has really kind of like shown to be a fierce competitor. So last week when we chatted, uh, I said that I thought Jimbo and Rita Bega were the clear front runners. I think Lemon is going to give them a run for their money. But that's, you know, I think that it's going to be Priyanka going home next week. Bobo the week after. Wait, will they do top four?
1: I think they're doing top four because I just had a look. It says on the Wikipedia was nine episodes. forgot the family resemblance one next week.
0: Okay, yeah. And then there's
1: another episode. Um, whether that's the final one, I don't know.
0: Yeah, okay. So if it's going to be top four, then I think Bobo will stay in. But my top three are Jimbo, Rita Baga, and Lemon. Agreed on that. Yeah.
1: But I'm looking forward to the family resemblance challenge. It's always a good one.
0: It is. I always love that one, except it always breaks my heart for the um like the the non-drag queens the the people who are participating and are have become so invested to like sit there and take criticism (laughs) you know um so i think that they have started doing it a little bit differently where they don't uh they don't really give harsh critiques with the um like essentially the guest queens on the runway anymore instead they give nothing but praise and then when it's only the queens on the runway then then they, when they the read 15, them to filth then they read them to filth yeah and when and at least the guest queens are out are backstage but even still i always find it so hard to watch because they're so invested <laughs> but um i love the uh like i love the episode except for that part it's always one yeah. of my favorites to see them get done up
1: yeah one thing I, I want to happen in the future is, uh, you know, the episode where Alaska did that challenge and yeah. she made her drag sister, Nebraska. Yes. So Nebraska is now a drag performer. Come on. Yeah. She actually does it. That's her job. And she's one of Derek Barry's partners, plural.
0: Oh. Yeah. She's a, one of the thruple.
1: She's a, yeah, they're a, they're a part of the thruple. So yeah, um, she's partnered with Derek Barry and another guy and... She also does drag, so I really want her to come to Drag Race as a contender oh, yes. on her own. Yes, yeah,
0: that would be amazing.
1: I think it'd be a good story for the main Drag Race series.
0: Totally. I mean, I would be there for that for sure.
1: Yeah, and it'd be so much shade thrown. I was like, "Well, you only got into it because you were on this show before."
0: Oh, totally. There yeah, there would be, there'd be some... a lot
1: of bitter queens.
0: Yes. Oh my God. How do you feel? Speaking of, how do you feel about that whole fight between Bobo and? Um...
1: The fight and over nothing. Lana
0: What? The fight over nothing. The Seinfeld of fights.
1: It was great. Brilliant TV. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were egging each other on the way, Like, yeah, this is making great TV to keep on it.
0: Oh my God. Well, sometimes I mean like, uh, not necessarily drag race in particular, but reality shows in general. I mean, people I know have, I've read interviews and stuff where they have made the conscious decision that they're going to be the villain because if they, um, are the villain, they're guaranteed airtime. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Let's have a huge fight. So we get, we get like some good screen time.
1: Yeah. I mean, another thing about screen time as well, um, I reckon one reason that, uh, oh, Priyanka does well on uh, the TV, because she's an experienced TV host for kids' TV. So I think that's why she's so good around the cameras.
0: Yeah, maybe so. Although, I mean, like, I also just find her to be very genuine and very likable. Like, I really get the impression, you know, sometimes the queens, I feel, are putting on this kind of, like they're putting on airs on T, you know, on TV. They're being the person they like want you to think they are or whatever. But like Priyanka seems very much just herself, and I really enjoy that. But um, I will say, although um, I was not surprised with who ended up going home. Priyanka's performance was was the cringiest for me in this pageant. It was hard to watch.
1: It wasn't good. It was one note. Same with Alona. Yes. They said, "Don't be one note." Find some layers in the character, and they did. They both did the base of the same character. I know Stompy Alona- Ratish.
0: Alona was very much the same for me in terms of like you know being one note and not giving a a good performance. But for some reason, I I found Priyanka's just cringier. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so unfortunately, I do think that next week is it'll be her time but um but we shall see you never know i have been
1: wrong before believe me so neat well i think next time we record i think we might actually have completed all of drag race
0: right we won't be recording for two weeks so we may very well be be chatting about the finale the next time we we talk yeah right i think we can
1: i think we can wrap up there i Um, think so yeah so hope you enjoy your vacation we have a lovely time you. thank uh, you so much but yes listeners um if you're still with us make sure you tune in next time we'll be discussing the 2012 eurovision song contest all the links will be in the show notes um and if you enjoyed the podcast give us a five-star review on itunes and grab your friends phones and subscribe their <laughs> podcast app to our podcast feed
0: yes we would really appreciate it and thanks so much for listening guys we will see you next time Bye. Thanks. Bye. <caustic>